We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Today we go behind the headlines. We're bringing education reporter Ryan Delaney into the conversation to give us an update on that debris problem that's caused some respiratory issues for students at the Gateway Elementary School. He joins us by phone, and we want to bring Ryan in because there is an association between NGA and that debris, and uh, we'll have him explain what uh, what that's all about. It's it's a story that's been in the making for several uh, several months now, Ryan, and Paul McKee is associated yes. with it. How? He is, and I, I think just the fact that this is related to everything else of the city just kind of speaks to just how much land uh, Paul McKee owns on the north side. Uh, Paul McKee owns uh, the most of the former site of the Pruitt-Igo housing projects, uh, I think since, Maria, 2016 or so. Um, he bought that and is planning on building a hospital uh, urgent care facility there. Um, but right now what sits on those, uh, on that land is some piles of concrete and brick, uh, from actually the demolition work to make way for the NGA. Right. And the debris from that project, uh, has been affecting students at the Gateway Elementary School. Where, where does that story stand right now? Yes, I should say. So they claim, um, you know, that that's what they blame a spike in respiratory issues within students and staff at Gateway. Um, to draw you a map, if you're driving north on uh, Jefferson Avenue, um, just south of Cass Avenue, um, to your right is the Gateway School Complex, which is three schools and one building and about a thousand kids. Um, and then immediately next to that is the old Pruitt Igo site. And then um, north of Cass Ave, along this east side of Jefferson, is where the NGA will be. Um, so kind of conveniently located between the two. And uh, last fall, uh, late summer, early fall, the contractor for the city who is um, doing the demolition work asked the city and Paul McKee if they could store uh, concrete there, um, piles of concrete. And in order to do that, they had to rip out basically 40 years of overgrowth. Um, from Pruitt-Igo being vacant. And parents and staff at the school say that all that work, the ripping out all the trees, stirring up all the dirt, uh, dumping these slabs of concrete and brick on the ground made the air so dirty. One teacher told me that it looked murky outside the window uh, some days, and their cars constantly covered in dust when they would go home uh, made them sick. Uh, things like bronchitis, kids being diagnosed with croup, uh, asthma, flaring up, uh, bronchitis, things like that. So the only McKee connection to all of this is the fact that he owns the property on which this debris has been uh, placed. Yes, and uh, city economic development officials to me have con uh, you know, conveyed a sort of uh, murky line between their level of involvement, uh, initially saying that they knew nothing about this, uh, and then conceding that they gave kind of a verbal okay, but that the actual deal to use this land was between Kolb Grading, the city's contractor, and Paul McKee to actually use that land. The city thought it was a good idea uh, because uh, they say, one, it, was, it, it saves money um, from having to haul this concrete farther away. And also it saves money because eventually that concrete is going to be ground down uh, to be used during the construction phase for things like temporary roads um, to, to 
access roads into the into the NGA site for for that work. So they they kind of called it a win win, and also Pruitt-Igoe is something that they wanted to see developed, and the SLDC admitted to me that they, you know, were okay with the the land being cleared and kind of being closer to be ready for that hospital to be built, even though they were paying the dime for that and not Paul McKee. Uh, no school now. Kids are out of school. But has there been any further testing on in the air quality down there to see if there is any kind of contamination? So kids are still in school in Gateway uh, oh, yeah. right now for the month of June. It is one of the city's um, summer school sites. Those sites kind of move, and there's a few schools worth of kids in in, in the Gateway complex right now. Um, when these complaints made it to city health officials and uh, economic development agencies in, in February or so, they got Kolb grading to stop that work. And over the last couple of months, Kolb has agreed to wait until at least July to do any more work on that site. So right now that is dormant. Um, in terms of air testing, none that I have. Um, I've heard mentions that, um, you know, the air is being monitored as of now, and I've submitted a records request with the St. Louis Development Corporation for those air testing results, and they have not filled that yet. Um, and uh, initially, uh, according to some emails I was given when SLDC approved of uh, the land being the Pruitt-Igoe site being used. Uh, Kolb grading told them that they would visually monitor the site for air contamination. And that is compared to uh, four mobile air monitoring um, sites that kind of looped the NGA site and were giving daily readings of air quality there. And when the debris went south to the other side of Cass Avenue, it was just kept an eye on. Let's move to another story you've been covering more recently, actually, and that is uh, you were in Jefferson City yesterday for the State State Board of Education meeting. The board finally has uh, gotten together now that they have a a quorum. Uh, What news was made there yesterday? Yes, it's a a small and mighty group, I guess you could say, the State Board of Education right now. It's an eight-member board. Normally, there are five members on it right now, which is how many they need to uh, hold meetings and then pass measures. Uh, So... Yesterday was really just about kind of restarting a lot of work that the board needs to do. Um, Nothing major in terms of the future of education, uh, save for a handful of charter schools got their formal reauthorizations to uh, stay open to be running in the fall. Uh, Charter schools, these independent, uh, innovative, publicly funded schools uh, work and operate on five-year authorizations and um, Five of those schools in St. Louis and Kansas City were up at the end of June. Um, and then they also got an update on some new accountability standards, kind of overhauling how the districts or how the state measures districts' academic performance. And then um, a brief discussions on finding a new education commissioner because um, firing Commissioner Margie Van Dievens, what kind of started this whole thing. And then um, some talks about when St. Louis public schools might be back under local local control. Yes, that is something over which they do have control. The board has control, is it not? Yes, ultimately, uh, they are the ones that will have to sort of pull the proverbial lever. Um, The state, through actually legislation in 2007, took over St. Louis public schools. Uh, Leadership was in flux. Finances were terrible. Uh, It was losing accreditation. 
um, under these the metrics for academic performance. And the state put in place a three-person special administrative board that has overseen the school in the last 10 years. But since that time, um, they've had a steady, well-liked, well-respected leader in Dr. Kelvin Adams. Um, the finances are back in shape at the expense of closing some more schools and, um, you know, some other things, but finances are in shape and, um, the district one reaccreditation, which, um, a lot of people in St. Louis, including the elected school board, which has continued to exist, but does not have any actual authority, uh, wants that authority back. And, uh, earlier this year in January, the SAB, that special administrative board, uh, voted to say, yes, we will cede power back to an elected board, um, we think that that's what's best for the future of SLPS. Um, it's just timeline needs to be worked out and the State Board of Education has to finally say, yes, the elected board is back in control. It doesn't sound like it's a very complicated process, time consuming perhaps, but not real complicated. Well, part of the issue is the legislation in 2007 that took over state control uh, or took over SLPS under state control didn't as clearly lay out how it would ever go back to local control. Huh. Um, right now, the elected board is trying to go through some vamped up training, uh, you know, to learn how to run a school district. They've been holding meetings, but, um, you know, have not had any um, definitive say in finances and things. So that's what will happen this summer. They want control back as soon as possible. Um, the SAB is trying to make sure that, that this transition will be smooth as possible. Um, that's where the um, state board said yesterday that it will step in to kind of try to bring all sides together on hammering out a timeline for training and transitioning. Okay, well, we'll leave it right there, Ryan Delaney. Thank you so much for bringing us up to speed on both, both of these stories. We'll look forward to getting you back in the office here. Thank you. All right. See you soon, Doug. Thanks uh, also to Maria Altman and Rachel Lippman for taking us behind the headlines. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.